The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guys, up, giddy up. Welcome to Last Call. Failure to stop, Last Call of the Day, the show that gives you something else to talk about this weekend. Other than dead babies and domestic violence, I am joined, as always, by Deadleg Media, fact checker extraordinaire for the Fair Stop Podcast channel. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, we are a podcast channel that delivers five shows a week, all geared to entertain and inform first responders so that you don't have to listen to mainstream media and still be informed all week long. And I'm telling you, the show writes itself these days because the media, not just the media, but society, culture, gives us so much to talk about. Literally, we had yesterday today's show prepared yesterday, meaning at 10 o'clock last night, I submitted all of the notes, which was late on my behalf. But I did submit, to be fair, I submitted my notes by 4 p.m., and then I changed those notes at 10 p.m., and then I got up this morning and almost scratched the entire show and rewrote it this morning and pitched it over just an hour ago because the news keeps updating, and it's too difficult to figure out what the top news is. And this is what scares me, Deadleg, is that I feel like every day the news and the headlines get more and more audacious, and where does it stop? It, it's almost like there's a pattern to this and, and it's something that we talked about a couple weeks ago and I actually have some data that we can show. There is a pattern to some of this that we can, when something happens, something else crazier happens in the news. If something happens, then we have to have something crazier news. We actually have a pattern that we can start to show with, with some things, but then other stuff, it's crazy. When we talked when we were just talking before we went live, when we, we were talking about the, the this China lab that's in, in California that we're going to talk about that it might get briefly talked about that could be its own topic for its entire own show. And that's going to be just a talk. That's how crazy things are going these days. It's so crazy that a bio lab discovered in Fresno, California with vials of the coronavirus, vials of malaria, all these things is found and it's not even top breaking news. Listen, if you would have told 2005 Eric Tanzi, this is pre-YouTube, before YouTube, before TikTok, before Instagrammies, um, I believe in 2005, I think not, uh, MySpace was still a thing and then the... Uh, f- uh, um, Facebook was still the college version, I think, at 2005. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Or, or Facebook had just kind of was starting to, to see its way into the world. So, you know, the word conspiracy theory wasn't really something that people were talking about or anything like that. But 2005, Eric, sitting under the night skies of Afghanistan, looking up with no electricity, with no cities to illuminate the sky, looking up at the desert sky, the unadulterated adult sky of Afghanistan, Wondering to myself, God, am I alone? Am I alone in this world? Is there something else out there? What is the meaning of life? If you would have told that young man sitting there that the government only 20 years later would be admitting to alien life and UFOs, and then you would tell 19-year-old myself in 2005, no, sorry, I was 20 years old at that time, you would have said, that nobody in America is going to give a shit. So meaning that if you sat me down and you said, Eric, 
20 years from now, the government is going to admit that they're UFOs before Congress, and they're going to give evidence and yada, yada. And not a single American's going to give a shit. Nobody's actually going to care at all. I would have been like, <laughs> bro, time traveler, calm down. <laughs> um, you're off the rails. It just dawned on me the timing of some of the things that just came out. Uh, I watched a video last night about some micro microprocessors that we have the ability to in super controlled, cold, hyper cold, really cold environments. We have the ability to make these devices levitate. Now, if you think way back to when we dropped the nuclear bomb way back in World War II, all the technology that then just that magically just showed up, you have microwaves and all this advancements in this technology. Well, we, we've been developing this technology, but we developed it for, for weapon systems. So if we have this, this out of this world technology that we're working on now, and we've been working on it for a little bit, now's a perfect time to start rolling out. Hey, we might have these weapons, especially if we think that we're on the brink of world war three. I mean, it's just well, the timing of things is just really coincidental. We're definitely going to dive into this whole world war three thing, because that was a big topic of news. Um, as of about 15 hours ago, some new draft talks and uh, with the new drone strikes that are hitting Moscow and the talks of retaliation. Definitely something to get. But I, I don't want to gloss over what I really wanted to talk about today. And that is who turned off Mitch McConnell? Who turned him off? I don't know if you've seen this video. It is bizarro land. It's wild. It has conspiracy theorists going nuts right now. I could not be happier um, to see it too. I love the conspiracy talk. I'm all into it and it excites me, but we have got to get into the Mitch McConnell being turned off by another human being. And I want to know you guys' thoughts on this. I, I do think it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, or, or what do you think is going on? Do you think that this woman in green, this alleged lady in green, do you think she, she did something to turn off Mitch McConnell? I'll show you some evidence and you tell me, you let me know. We'll talk about it maybe on the social media webs. Also in the news today, we've got to talk about um, a, a big rant that I have, and it's, it's about the police officers being ready. It's time for you law enforcement officers, first responders in general, to get ready. Things are going to be coming down the pipeline. Right now is the lull in the fight. So if, if you're familiar with combat in any way, they always say that when there's a lull in the fight, that's when you start going over, how much ammo do I have left? Who, how much equipment do I have? You start going through all of your checks, making sure all your men are good, making sure that their water's good, you're doing some inventory, um, maybe doing some more planning, and you're getting ready for the next wave. And I think we're now at the time where we're in a decent lull as first responders, but I do think that there's a big wave coming. What do I mean by lull is I mean that COVID is over and we had a, a big rough go at things with the BLM stuff all hitting us at the same time. We had Ferguson, we had, but the election cycle is only about six months away from really ramping up. Um, I would argue that it's probably October is when it'll start really ramping up and then it's just going to go full bore. So you have about 60 days to get ready. And so I have like a little call to action here for the first responders that I really do think is the most important news for first responders today to listen up for. So I'm going to get into that uh, after I, I talk about Mitch McConnell. But uh, we also uh, have the bio labs that I don't want to uh, skip out on either. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com. Promo code Wolfpack, and we also have FactorMeals.com promo code uh, Wolfpack50, which gets you 50% off on the Factor Meals. You know we're a huge fan of Factor Meals, but also we have another sponsor today. This is a special sponsor to me. This is Mike the Cop's son. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I've been with Mike DeCop's son now for almost three years, and I've gotten to know him personally on a, on a on a on a pretty good level. We've had ups and downs, we've had fights, we've had arguments. Uh, he has been the producer of the Failure to Stop show since the beginning. He's still the producer, and um, he has just always been there, night or day. You know him as the underpaid producer. We love him to death. And he called me and said, "I want to sponsor your show." Um, because I am coming out with my own podcast and his podcast is called getting a grip on things. I said, well, let me wait and hear the podcast first. I don't want to promote something that I don't like, or that I think is half-assed done. Um, his podcast is incredible. It's insanely awesome. It's very funny. Uh, Elijah is a young man and, um, who has lived well beyond his years and, uh, he deserves to have his own show. He's got a great sense of humor and he has lived in the shadows of Mike, the cop for, Oh, I don't know. Since maybe like 2015, since he was a teenager, he has been helping others produce their creative, uh, their creative ideas, and he has put other people's creativity uh, to fruition. And so now he's doing that on his own. And it's his own creative ideas. And he's doing it. So we've got it up on the screen for the YouTube lovers. It's called Getting a Grip on Things. Head over to get a, Getting a Grip on Things Instagram channel and podcast and give it a listen. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll invite them on the Failure Stop channel. Or maybe one day they'll be so big that they invite us over on their channel. And maybe one day we'll just have them as a guest on our show. Maybe we'll put them on the Patreon. Speaking of Patreon conservative aunt anthony romaldi coming on t-bones with tansy tonight and it'll go out on patreon tonight on patreon i believe and uh, that is going to be awesome t-bones with tansy is one of our patreon shows on the failure stop patreon channel where i sit down and have a t-bone steak um, in person or over the internet with famous internet personalities uh conservative aunt has a couple hundred thousand on um on the old Instagrammies, I think he's around a million or somewhere on TikTok if that didn't get shut down because um, he was having some problems with TikTok. But just a big political comedian. Um, absolutely funny and hilarious. I cannot wait for my steak dinner with him tonight. So if you want some extra paid content from the Feller Stop channel, head over to our Patreon today and subscribe. You can also support the show by being a paid member on the YouTubes as well as sending us super chats if you so want to. But the biggest help is... Last week, I announced that we were 230th on the charts, on chartable podcast charts in the United States. I just found out minutes before the show that we are trending at number 33. Number 33, top true crime podcast trending in the United States right now. And that is all because of all of you fans um, making this dream come true. So how do you help us move up the charts and stay on the charts? It's very simple and it's free. You literally go to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. Please do it on both. Please do it on both. And if you're a YouTube member, go over and listen to the audio for a few minutes. Give us 30 minutes over there. I really want to keep progressing on the charts, especially since 99.99% of our listeners are over on audio. But we do care about our visual learners out there, and that's why we have YouTube. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can hit that hammer and like that subscribe button and help us grow on the YouTube. That thing's been really growing quickly as well. We've been doing a lot of work. You see everybody's got new sets. Everybody's got new cameras. Um, and everybody does have them. Uh, Andrea Uplate does have all the new equipment. She's just refusing at the moment to use them. I'm not sure why, but we'll get it all figured out sooner than later but you'll notice everybody has new sets new cameras new microphones um and that's mainly to boost up our our youtubers since our youtube our youtubers give us so much daggone love all right let's jump into this who turned off mitch mcconnell one i'd like to start by asking is 
I find it very odd, Josh, that our politicians of today who are worth billions with a B, I believe Mitch McConnell, I think they're around, I wanted to say that they were worth upwards of a billion. Am I right on that? Can you fact check that? They're worth a lot of money. Way yeah, well, let's just say it's a hundred million. Started in politics, which yes, we uh, we we know how much they got paid. So the question is, where did all the other money come from? Well, most of them are they invest in companies they regulate. So they'll invest in a company that they'll know that they can sway the regulation, and they'll be able to invest when it's low. Then some policy will come out, and that company <laughs> will have all kinds of additional value added to it. So let's say. The United States government's going to move to all electric vehicles by 2026 or whatever we said we were going to do, or we're going to move for this part for this infrastructure. We're going to do this. Well, if, if I'm a senator and I know that this is coming down the pipe, I can go ahead and invest in these companies ahead of time, which as we sit right now is perfectly legal in the system that we have in place. But if you or I, if I were to tell you, hey, man, the government's going to be coming up with some stuff in my company, we're, we're about to be making a bunch of money. So if you want to invest, I would say get in now. If I told you that and you did that, that's insider trading. But when, the, when you're doing it from literally the inside and you have the ability to manipulate the stocks, that's perfectly legal. But these guys, they're, they've been around, I want to joke, but... I would guess that when these people were, were born, that having things like running water and electricity for some places in the country were still new-ish things. Yeah, definitely no air conditioning. Like, like No TV, for sure. And they're, now in, they're the same people that are in power now, and they're the ones that are regulating over the internet and everything else that's going on. So you'll run into problems like, I mean, you're going to get the people get old. My wife studies this stuff. Your brain is going to deteriorate. It happens. It's like a muscle like anything else. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And these people don't use their brain at all for anything unless it's for their own self-interest. So they're losing it. And now it's coming out on TV because these people are all old as dirt. And it's 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 really wild. We have uh, Diane Feinstein. She was tripping up uh, out there. And you, you you have this whole Mitch McConnell thing. By the way, Mitch McConnell's worth $35 million according to this little net worth thing. Um, and I think his wife's worth even more than that or, or somewhere around there. I don't know. He's got a lot of money. Who cares? Millions of dollars. My question, Josh, is if you're worth millions and millions of dollars, why aren't you retiring? Why are you putting yourself, conspiracy theories aside, it's not a conspiracy theory that Mitch McConnell froze on the stage. You can find the video anywhere. I don't know if you brought this video up or you even needed to, but if you have it, we can play it. If you don't, I wouldn't even worry about it. I, oh, you do have it. Here we go. We got it. Uh, this week has been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh, now if you're listening at home the silence is not us he just stops talking and stops blinking stops doing anything he just stares um, what's creepy about this video well we'll get into the creepiness part of this video by the way he's still going silent he's still staring at the crowd could you imagine if we did this on podcast you would stop listening immediately now they have jumped in it looks like maybe secret service has jumped in and they're like is there anything else you'd like to say to the committee he says no and and just waddles off like he just shit his pants um poor guy he's an old man but here's my question We'll get into the conspiracy th- side of this, but let's get into the real side of it first. And the realist, the, the realist side, the you know, the truth of the matter, the fact of the matter is that this man had a medical emergency. 
This man had a medical emergency while at work. Why is he still working at this age? Is it ego? Is it power? What forces a man to want to put himself through this? If I'm Mitch McConnell and I'm worth, let's say, $35 million, as the internet tells me he's worth, I'm not putting on a suit and tie. I'm wearing my diaper. I'm diaping it up in Vegas, sitting in a, uh, a hot tub that they have to empty three times a day because I shit myself in it because I'm not going to get out because I'm 87 years old and I have $35 million to my name, drinking mojitos all day long. But this man chooses to suit up, suit and tie up, and roll onto the White House floor, wherever he's at, um, and continue to work. What makes people like this with that much money want to keep doing this? I've actually asked myself, this is a a legit question I've asked myself, because it's it's a two-part question, because I asked myself that, and I asked myself, how much money would it take for me to just... I could, I wouldn't need anything. At what point would I not need anything else? And I think now the, the, the number, that number is not as high as I would have said maybe 10 years ago, but I understand the things like what I, what my comfortable lifestyle, what I want out of life is I don't care. Like it'd be awesome if I had a Ferrari in the driveway, but I'm not going to be able to drive a Ferrari for very much longer. I'm not gonna be able to do much driving of anything any much longer. So having in the driveways makes no difference to me. It's like, there's some monetary things that make no difference. So for me, like, I think that just comes down to greed. That's, I can't come down to any other thing other than is it greed because I mean, you're used to the lifestyle. You can be, you can be used to lifestyle and still live off of the interest of all of the investments and still have that comfortable lifestyle and not do a damn thing, not have to report the work, not have to have any strokes on camera, having people think it's conspiracy theory. You you could just go have mojitos like you were saying. Yeah, go have mojitos and shit in the hot tub at at, uh, at the Paris. In Las Vegas, that's the dream. The Bellagio, sitting right there in the Bellagio and filling it up. And uh, listen, I don't want to make fun of the guy, but I don't know if it's greed so much. I wonder if it's ego. Um, or maybe it's a different for each one of these politicians. But I think there's a lot of ego in place. Like, this is their identity, and they have nothing else but this, and they have to be at the top of the game, or they're not living. Does that make sense? It's kind of like the the athletes that just won't retire. Um, that they keep going and going, you know what I mean? It's their life. It's them. It's, it's, I was watching a Sean White documentary and and he says it like, literally that's his identity. His identity is competition and he doesn't want to think of a world where that's not in his life. And so I think that, you know, more so than, than greed, I think that this is part of their identity and they can't, they know that once they leave that circle, they're out of the circle. It's like once you leave being a police officer, you're out of it. You know, a lot of these retirees, they try to stay around, and I think it's funny. I, I, now that I've been out of law enforcement, I watch it all the time, but these these retirees, they, they still try to stay in the little Facebook groups, and they still try to show up to the parties, but I don't know that they realize that nobody's talking about you anymore. All those legendary stories that you had, those are gone. Nobody talk. The only time you're relevant is when you show back up at the party and every year less and less people at the party know who you are. And why are you still going to the party? It's because they, you know, that was 30 years of your life. It became their identity. And I think poor old Mitch McConnell, um, 
you know, not even poor Mitch McConnell, poor us as United States citizens that have to put up with this shit. You know, the fact that we're not having major discussions about term limits being on the ballot is absolutely crazy to me. Uh, we just saw Diane Feinstein. I, I'm not going to make you play that clip, but you guys could go back out and research the Diane Feinstein clip where she has a very uh, similar situation to her and one of her young very young probably in mid-30s just tells her just just vote just you're gonna vote right just here, here. telling her to vote just just sign here just sign here like, this lady is too this is a very powerful lady diane feinstein who's signing very important pills and she can't even articulate she just starts rambling about nothing and they're like eh, shut up shut up but let's jump into the conspiracy side of this mitch mcconnell thing really quick before i dive into what i think is more important um news which is this bio lab and then i i have to get this whole police need to get ready rant out uh very important rant so like i said today's breaking news everything should have been the headline news even the alien stuff but here we're just going to keep going because i have to the conspiracy side of this have you seen the video we can play the video again but i want you to notice there's a lady in green pause the video Pause the video. You'll see her right here. If you're on the YouTubes, if not, we're going to push this whole video raw as it is. Actually, I'll make a little clip of it. We'll put it on last call. I'll do that right after this before I go on for um, uh, T-Bones with Tansy. Uh, this is the weird. This is a woman in green. She hasn't been identified yet, by the way. This happened, what, four or five days ago? Yeah, it's a couple of days ago. She hasn't been identified yet. Everybody on the internet wants to know who this green this green dress lady is. Maybe it's something easy. Uh, if it was, I think they would put it out there. The last article I read at 10 o'clock last night, they had no idea who she was. You look at the two gentlemen in the background, and we can zoom in on these guys. This is eerie. This is creepy. This is the raw footage. This hasn't been doctored or enhanced. This is straight off of NBC Nightly News, um, and this is what they have put out. As he is talking, and he's kind of just starting his speech. He's just been up there for like 10 seconds. And what he says, there's nothing alarming. I've, I've played it over a thousand times. I can't imagine what he was about to say next. But these men, and, and he's coherent. He's talking normal. He's talking fine. These men walk over and tap the woman in green. She then walks up with something in her left hand, and she touches his wrist. And he goes catatonic for 19 seconds. She hasn't been identified. Now watch these men. These men lean over. As soon as she touches him, they lean over as if he had already been catatonic or as if he was already going through a medical emergency, which he was not. It's very strange. She touches them. Look at their faces. They're looking immediately. As soon as she touches them, they're looking at him as if a reaction is, is, is going to happen. It almost looks as if she injected. I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds crazy. It really does look like she injected him with something or she elect like she something she turned him off. That's why I titled the show Who Turned Off Mitch McConnell. And then when he's turned off, these men start to grin like they are the Grinch on the new movie with the Grinch with uh, Jim uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, they had this. It's working. It's working. It's evil. And the conspiracy theorists, myself, are running wild with this. And I can't blame any of us for doing so because it is absolutely creepy. Have any of you guys seen this in the live chats? I see Jave Kiefer is in there. He's a, a, a fire chief, ex-fire chief. Now I think he's a lieutenant or a captain. Got a great podcast. One more and I'm out of your podcast. He says in the chats, um, trans schematic attack or a mini stroke. I did see this from a medical community. Another person says, um, you know, uh, 
of fentanyl. That's Bosco. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Did you? Can we play this one more time? Uh, watch now. Now that I brought it up to you, watch the woman in green. Watch her left hand, and watch these two very creepy men. Actually, there's three creepy men behind them. Um, watch these smiles on their face. Here she goes. Boom. Now look at me. Now no, stop. Stop. Stop the tape. That was a smack. That was a. That was a. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a soft touch of the wrist. Like, oh, honey, you're off the rails. That was a. And then he went. Huh? And then they go, mm-hmm. and then they go, oh, it's working. Yes, let this serum into your veins. Um, and then at which point they shuffle him off stage. And again, this man always walks like he's shitting his pants. And he probably is, and that's sad, and I don't want to make fun of him for that. Um, matter of fact, I sharted this morning quite embarrassingly. Uh, I was in my boxers drinking coffee while I did it, so even extra embarrassing. Uh, you get one a year. We, you get one you get one poopy pants a year before you can be shamed for it. Everybody gets one one shirt that they haven't trusted. So this is mine. I'm 39, and I've already used my one shirt of the year up. So I guess if it happens again in the next uh, 11 and a half months, you guys can make fun of me. But did you did you see this? Did you see the oddness of that? What is your she take on this, Josh? She comes out of nowhere, shows up, has this tap, and nobody can identify. Like, here's what like like the curiosity out of all of this we both were work for the government and in these circles to get inside of these layers of security there are like there are things that you have to go through you have to have different security clearances you have to have different background checks you have to have different identifiers on your security clearance. you have to have different things your lapel pin means something it can get you so far in or you can't go any further like every bit of that is controlled they know every bit about whoever is wherever. Not only that, this guy is how far down the line of succession. So like if something happened catastrophically in our country and we were at war and our leadership were not to be around anymore, this guy's pretty high up there to be in charge if shit were hit the fan. And worst case scenarios, things start to happen. Like, can you... You're going to come to him and go, hey, we're getting attacked. What do you want to do? And he just does that for 19 <laughs> seconds. Now, listen, I somebody mean, in the chat says they could have been testing um, their response. Could have been testing his response. Somebody else said that the edibles look like they just kicked in. The edibles thing is when, when I first saw this, I'm not even joking. That's what I said. I said, damn, that dude got some. That guy, well, one, it's a stroke, or two, he got a hold of the wrong gummies. I've I've been on that. I've been there before as well. I'm not a huge connoisseur in taking drugs, but when I broke my arm, um, instead of using prescriptions, I did use edibles so that I didn't have to use any prescriptions for my broken arm. No pain. I didn't do a single painkiller for my for my broken arm. I did all edibles. And um, uh, the first night that I did the edibles, I I did what everybody says not to do, and that's like. Take took one some, and then thinks it's not working and take some more and then think that's not working. You go, but I mean, I'm serious. Like I was three hours in and I didn't feel I was in massive pain and I didn't feel like there was any change in my mood or comfort. So I said, fuck it. And I did a whole nother gummy. So I had two whole gummies. It's my first time ever trying it. And dude, I'm telling you, I was Mitch McConnell. 
um, do for like an hour, but I was like, like I could see everything going on, but everything was like in ultra slow motion. I could taste colors. It was uh, phenomenal. Um, and so when I saw this Mitch McConnell thing, I said, wow, that, that, that does look like me on the first one. But here's, here's my, here's my caveat to this. Here, here's my argument to this, Craig. He says, I don't mean to shit on the conspiracy theories here. You're not. I mean, I don't care. I don't necessarily really believe in conspiracy theories, all of them. Um, uh, but I do feel like it's getting, it's getting more real than it's not. Here's it. Here it goes. She bumps him and he goes completely silent. He was doing fine. I mean, play, play it one more time. Just play it one more time. Just so that people can hear he's doing fine. Listen, turn it up, turn it up in the headphones. And a string of, uh, And a string of, bam, she smacks him, and that's it. I mean, it's immediate. It's the minute she touches him, he goes catatonic, and it's the creepy faces in the background of these guys watching him, and then they start to smile. That just gets weird, man. I mean, of course, they're, they're going to they're gonna move him off. But he comes back, so that he comes back. What, five minutes later, 15 minutes later? He comes back and they ask him if he's okay, and he's basically like, no comment. And my, here's another part of my problem with, with this whole thing, this whole political dying to be in charge take on things, is why weren't they getting him to a hospital? I read this from a doctor, um, and they said that in any normal circumstance, at any other job or career, he would now be a patient. Uh, it, it said that, uh, that he would immediately go for an electrocardiogram. Uh, which is also very quick and easy, but they basically said that there's no way that this was not a medical emergency. Um, they checked his blood sugar. Uh, they would have, um, let's see here. Let me go from the top of this. This, uh, this is from northeastern.edu. Um, let's see. We'll go to the top of this. Um, medical professionals say the McConnell's moment of disorientation is no laughing matter. Asked what he thinks uh, happened to McConnell Bassett, a retired emergency physician, says he believes the lawmaker experienced an acute medical event that could have been classified, clinically speaking, as an emergency. Generally, I split these events into three categories. Those include metabolic issues, low blood sugar, um, or some other condition that interferes with the body's ability to function normally. Could have been a cardiac issue, such as a heart attack, heart rhythm problem, uh, arterial fibrillation, which could obstruct blood flow to the brain, um, or this could have been neurological issues such as a stroke or a transient ismetic, ismic attack, ismic attack. I don't know. I don't speak medical, but uh, often referred to as a mini stroke or a seizure. Asked how he would have evaluated McConnell where if he was his patient. Beth says a lot depends on what his history and physical exams show. At the very least, I would have checked his blood sugar. It's a common problem, and we would see if it was an easy fix. I would also do an ECG, uh, which is quick and easy. He continued whether or not um, I would do a CT scan on his head because of his age. But, you know, this man suffered a uh, concussion because he fell, because he tripped and fell because he's old as shit, and he's doing way too much. You can't trip and fall if you're sitting in Vegas in a hot tub all day. Nope. You know what I mean? Uh, no, no, that we, we've watched this video several times now today and it's been played on the news and it's been played on social media. We have all kinds of questions, but at no point does the white house or any representation come out and go, this is what's going on. 
we think this is what's happened. We're going to go ahead and send him out. We're going to get him evaluated. He's talking with this neurologist, and this is what we think has happened. And they're not really doing anything. They're just doing the standard White House, the standard Washington. We'll just ignore it. We just won't acknowledge it. If we pretend it's not there, then no one will ask us questions. Even though everybody's asking, what the hell happened here? I mean, the, this guy had a problem. Get him some help, man. I mean, he's got some grandkids or something he might want to see from the last little bit of his year. I mean, he's an old man. Let yeah, I think the point being shit. is we don't want this dude running our country in any way, shape, or form. No, I don't want this not. old, dying man making decisions. Listen, the decisions that somebody's making is, is digging us deeper into World War Three. World War Three is almost imminent right now. By the way, We're knocking on the um, door. How is how is that not top news? Uh, we have we talked about it last week, where I even had an Air Force official tell me that they've enacted a stop loss um, or their version of a stop loss. They they won't call it a stop loss, but they're saying you if you're deployed right now, you've been extended. Your orders have been extended, so you're not coming home. That's a stop loss. Um, they're saying that you can't resign your commission right now as a pilot. That's Even though you're not lost. getting your bonuses, but you cannot resign your your thing right now because Congress is pulling um, the IRR, which means that you're stop loss, and nobody was talking about it. So now what we talk we have going on is literal talks of a draft coming up. Which <laughs> listen, I don't know what's scarier is drafting the young the young kids. At, you know, the sad thing is when we had the war on terrorism, we still had a bunch of patriots. They volunteered to go to America's longest war, even knowing that Bush was corrupt and that the war, there were no weapons of mass destruction. We still volunteered and said, fucking let's go. We'll do it. We'll do it. Myself included. I was one. I was on board. Uh, good luck getting the new generation to want to sign up and volunteer for anything that doesn't involve a video game, um, which I, I also figured out a way to, to combat that as well, which I thought that we could do this whole thing as a drone war. And it kind of like Ender's Game, where we draft all of these younger kids but instead of them going to the front lines, they're each issued a drone and they become a drone pilot, just like in Ender's game, where they control a drone to do all the attacking. Since Moscow got hit with a couple of drones, that seems like a, an effective way of fighting a war. To be honest with you, I don't think it's long before we're literally having drone dogfights. I think they're already happening and they've been happening for a while, even before we were still in Afghanistan, because there was... There's been a was a report that came out that the, the these drone pilots because they're they're sitting in some bunker in some trailer in Arizona or some military they're they're sitting here in the states they're flying these things that are over in Afghanistan or Iraq and they were having these massive massive PTSD issues with these pilots and they had real problems with retention and getting them to stay because they'd spend all of this money to train them to be able to fly these and do all these and make these decisions but they're bombing all these places. And as we learned through the Obama administration, a lot of those weren't necessarily military targets. There were civilians. And I can understand if you're pulling the trigger and at the end of the bottom of the bomb, what you thought was going to be a terrorist is a family. And you're seeing that that's probably going to mess you up mentally. That's a, I can understand that. But yeah, we're, we're on that brink of that. Like the war, the there's all kinds of videos on YouTube from uh, the drones where they've gotten Almost like, remember back in Iraq when we first went over, when we first went over Afghanistan, IEDs were, I mean, they're still a big thing, but they were a big thing back then where any trash or any vehicle or things on the side of the road, they got, they got really went into real guerrilla warfare because we had all this technology. So what's the way you combat technology? You shit that has no technology. 
it's literally just wires in the dirt and some dude watching you drive by. And as soon as the target gets there, then they make it go boom. They're doing very similar things with these drones where taking grenades, attaching them to the bottom of it and just flying the drone over these tanks or over these troops or over these trenches and just releasing this grenade. It's, it's not these high tech multi-billion dollar Reaper drones. These are like drones you're going to go get at Walmart and you're going to have some fishing layer at the bottom of it and you're going to have some fireworks and you're going to go blow up some your enemy. It's very rudimentary stuff, but it's it's very effective because instead of having troops in contact, you're having this. And if you lose a drone, you're out three, four hundred bucks. If you lose a troop, what's the cost to replace a troop, that same troop back on the battlefield? The amount of you have to first, you're going to have to draft people in that don't want to do it. Good luck. Now you're going to have to train people that don't want to do it. Good luck. Now you're going to have to get them out there and want to fight. Good luck. Like you're having all these hurdles, but all these hurdles take time. It's faster to replace a drone than it is replace a human. That's why McDonald's is replacing them. And you're going to order at kiosk and stuff. It's just, Oh, we're already doing that. Yeah. It's already, we're already ordering at the kiosk at my place. They don't even have a thing. Um, (laughs) somebody in the chat said that the, uh, the woman in green was, uh, (laughs) Madeline Albright. Oh gosh. Isn't she dead? One that was definitely not Madison, Madam Albright or whatever fuck her name is, but I'm pretty sure she died, John. Um, And uh, there's no way she could be a handler of Mitch McConnell because she was even older than him, I think. (laughs) But I appreciate the chats there. Uh, Yeah, so this drone thing, the drone strikes in in Moscow, um, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, and I don't imagine you have, but I, I will tell you that, um, yeah, she died in March. Madame, Madame Albright died in, died in March. Uh, that Russia is going to retaliate on this. That this is definitely America is getting involved. Listen, we are we are nearing nearing World War Three. And if you don't think that's, if you think that's a conspiracy, well, I feel sorry for you, son, because uh, it's going to be a rude awakening when this thing goes through. Now, I would imagine that this isn't going to be. World War Three, as we've known it in the past, with like full scale invasions, but you know the cyber attacks are going to get insane. Um, I think the banks are going to get hit. I think um, I think your Wi Fi, your internet stuff's gonna gonna get messed with. And I think we should all just be a little bit more prepared than we are and stop sitting around thinking that everything's going to be okay and uh, living our lives from the day to day. I think you should start preparing. Um, and that's easy. It's easy to prepare. Start stocking up on some food. Start stocking on water. Um, you need to be able to purify water and you need to be able to make fire. Those are the big things. So have lots of things that purify water and lots of things available that can make f- that can make fire because those are the things that are going to keep you alive uh, <laughs> when shit really hits the fan. Um, listen, speaking of shit really hitting the fan, there was an article that came out um, a couple of weeks ago and I tried to, I won't say that I wanted to ignore it, but I wanted to look at it more. I wanted to study on, I wanted to ponder on, I wanted to think before I spoke about it. But this is uh, from NewJersey.com, NJ.com. This is details of the New Jersey police licensing and tracking of misconduct that uh, was brought forth on April 25th, 2023. And, and I think it's alarming. I think it's a wake-up call that all first responders need to pay attention to. Let me read the article to you. New Jersey will no longer be among a handful of states that does not license its police officers under new rules set to take effect next year, authorities said on Monday. Prospective officers will have to provide access to their social media profiles going back three years, and they will have to disclose the names of organizations to which they belong to 
as part of an effort to weed out officers harboring bigoted review or bigoted views or belonging to organizations that seek to overthrow the government according to the proposed rules. Now, listen, we talked about the new terrorist watch list and the new symbols and the new hate groups on the FBI's terrorist watch list. The Betsy Ross flag was on there. Don't tread on me flag was on there. Punisher skulls were on there. Crusaders and Crusader crosses were on there. Being a veteran. So if you are New Jersey and you have this rule and they're considering Punisher flags, they're they're considering Crusader crosses, they're considering don't tread on me, they're considering Betsy Ross flags as terrorist organizations, that means you don't get to be a cop in New Jersey because you're belonging to an organization, I think, to overthrow the government. Now, I don't think that those are to overthrow the government, but they're definitely there and put in place to question the government. What I think is happening is that this is New Jersey's way of subtly federally appointing police officers, and you're going to have federal cops versus cops because here's the thing. With this rule, if you have a chief that doesn't agree with what you did, a piece of law enforcement, for example, for example, Damon Atkins case, which happened in Reading, Pennsylvania, or Reading, Pennsylvania, however you would like to just, I've heard it pronounced both ways, Santiago. Damon Atkins was a Christian who showed up at a gay pride rally with a sign that read a Bible verse that didn't really have anything necessarily to do against being homosexual it wasn't a very offensive verse it was something that like jesus is above all confusion or something like that it was a very short verse that would make you be more of a critical thinker about what the verse actually meant than it's saying like god hates fags.com or something like that you know what i'm saying it said something very uh very low-key it was a very low-key subtle and we'll we'll play that clip here in a minute but let's just say, for an example, that it wasn't a gay pride rally that this Christian showed up to. Let's say that it was uh, a pro-2A. It was a pro-Second Amendment thing. And this guy shows up with something that says, like, gun owners are terrorists. Okay, If a cop would have arrested you for having a sign that said, gun owners kill people or something, which is much more egregious than what this guy had. If that were to happen, right, it would be a ma- massive public outcry. And if it was New Jersey was on the other side of the fence, then that cop would be arrested for going against the organization. But in this case, a police officer went against Christianity and arrested the Christian for standing on public property. We're going to play the video for you in just a second. My point here, and I know it's confusing, is that the ideologies of a police officer differ. The ideologies of this police officer were very pro-gay. And so he arrested this, the standard who the courts deemed was not a good arrest. And so they let this person go and dismissed all charges. So where I'm going with this is, listen, here's where I'm going with this is that if they would have gotten rid of, by, by the way, Pennsylvania rules, things in a way a lot of other states roll, is that if they would have fired that cop because they did not like his judgment in this pro-gay matter and they fired him, 
he could go to another department who shares his ideologies and may have deemed that he didn't do anything wrong and they could hire him. But in the state of New Jersey, this new rule is that if a cop makes a mistake like that or does something unconstitutional or uh, has some kind of ideology-based policing, he can no longer get a job in any other department in the state. Sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, which is why I think we should keep policing the way it is, where it's on a agency-to-agency basis. It's never going to be perfect. But allowing it to go the way New Jersey wants to means that you are now going to only follow the ideologies of New Jersey, and I guarantee you New Jersey wouldn't fire that cop. So that cop who made a bad decision based on the gay pride parade, he's going to be able to continue his job and get job anywhere else in New Jersey. However, if a cop doesn't arrest, let's say, a New Jersey gym owner like Ian Smith, they could not only fire that cop for his ideologies and for going against the government, but then he would no longer be able to go to any other department in all of New Jersey and get a job. Here, I'll, I'll dismantle this very easily. What's your thoughts on weed, marijuana? Does that have... Do you think do you think it should be legal, not legal? I, I mean, well, there's the way this bill's written, and it does say this in this this new rule here. Um, but your but your that thought you, on whether that it should any be legal officer, or not should yeah, have exactly. any, reflect on your ability to be a police officer. Their ability, whether they're part of the Oath Keepers or whether they're part of some other organization or whatever, that's their constitutional First Amendment right be able to be a part of these organizations as long as it doesn't affect your ability to be a police officer and in part like if you start to get like if you get through the process and they say oh now you're you're only targeting this group of people then we have laws we have things in place they're creating laws for situations that we already have laws in place we have procedures in place we already have things in place to help do this these police departments I, I wonder if New Jersey is just this plethora of police officers because it seems like they have so many that they need to weed them out because they have they're they're definitely not short staffed they're definitely not dealing with any of the issues that the rest of the country is they're definitely not dealing with any of the rapid crime they're not dealing with car thefts and murder they're not dealing with any of that they have so much time on their hands that this is what they can focus their efforts on let me read this article the new rules set to take effect January one. We're part of a broader police reform effort stemming from protests in New Jersey and across the U.S. over police shootings and deaths in custody. It brings policing in line with hairdressers, lawyers, contractors who can have their licenses revoked for bad behavior. Currently, a police officer in one jurisdiction could be fired over a racist or sexist social media post or other accusation of misconduct, while a similar officer in a different department could get a slap on the wrist. So what they're saying now is that once you get fired from one, you're fired from all of them. You lose your license. But here's my problem is, is what is a sexist social media post? Because technically I was blamed or accused of being sexist from my last social media post because I talk about a female cop acting like a girl or a fat cop acting like a fat cop. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a female cop. Just don't act like a, quote, girl. I don't care that you're a fat cop, but don't act fat. Meaning don't walk around with sauce all over your fucking shirt because you can't keep the taco sauce off your fat belly. If you drip taco sauce on your fat belly, go change your uniform. Don't act fat. You know, if you're a dainty girl that's going to walk around and freak out over the sight of blood and guts, you shouldn't be a cop. Period. 
And if you're a guy, you shouldn't be a cop. If you're a guy, you shouldn't act like a, you know, quote unquote, little girl. Lizards, gross. No, we need girls and guys. We need men and females in the profession to be like, oh, yeah, the toad. I want to touch the toad. I want to touch the slimy salamander. That's what we need in this profession, not the dainty. I don't want that coming to rescue me. I don't want that, but but would that be considered sexist? To some, yes, it would be. And to some people, that post offended some people. And for that, I'm sorry that it offended you, but I'm not going to take it back. But does that mean I get fired and I can no longer be a cop in New Jersey because I have a different ideology, because I have a different view, of a different perspective? Because I'm telling you right now, you need cops like me. You need cops out there that are willing to, to get into the blood and the guts and they're willing to get into foot chases and they're willing to do the Lord's work, the dirty work. And if you don't have cops like me, what you're going to have is, 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 uh, cities full of crime and chaos. You need, you need lawyer cops like dead leg that I'm sitting here. Dead leg and I working together on a squad would have never gotten along because dead leg knows the rules and knows the law. And that's where he wants to go. But if we did everything that Deadleg wants to do, we would never ever serve a search warrant and get a bad person off the street. You have to have the both, and you have to have them both fighting, and you have to have them both having checks and balances over each other, and it should be difficult to police the way I want to police. But it should also be difficult for the way that he wants to police. Because then what we have is the middle ground. And And that's where you have to live at. And that's where you have to live at. But what we're doing is we're getting rid of one or the other. And when you get rid of one or the other, then you have a far right order, you have a far left, you have the extremes. And so if we go the whole way that, that Deadleg would want to run things, you would never make any arrests or you'd be very difficult. And if you wanted to do it the way I do it, you'd have way too many people in jail that probably shouldn't even be there in the first place and your use of forces would be unfathomable. They'd be through the roof. And, um, and what we're going to see here in New Jersey is a whole bunch of cops uh, that are going to think like this right here, like this police officer in Reading, Pennsylvania. Go ahead and roll this clip for me. I think this will clear up a lot of what I'm trying to say. Now, this is a story that's coming. uh, This is a a pretty recent story. And there's a... Let me paint paint the picture here. Let me paint the picture here. There's a very small gay pride parade going on. And and I'm not sure if it's a parade, more more so like a demonstration, a gay pride parade. uh, demonstration there's a protest in the city of raleigh almost every every single day um and there's opposition every single day now some will have a permit right and so those who have a permit are allowed to be on the street because they have a permit to close that street down and it's their permit to do what they want to do so the opposing the opposition is then given a section to oppose from Right? Because they have the right to oppose. You have the right. You have the right as an American to be anti-gay. You have the right as an American to be anti-Jewish if you so pleased to be, or anti-white people, or anti-whatever. This is America. You can be anti-whatever you want. You're allowed to do that in this country. I know people would like to tell you that you're not allowed to do it, but you're allowed to be. <laughs> and so you have to allow in America because we have freedom of speech, an, an opportunity for them to have opposition. And so these Christians, I'm not I'm not saying either one of these groups is right or wrong, 
but I think the police officer, and this is absolutely wrong, is that there's a group of Christians who are legally situated on a public sidewalk. And these are old people Christians. These aren't the Westboro Baptist Christians that are saying God hates stupid, you know, gays and all these very heinous, hateful things that could incite riots. Nope, these are Christians with very modest signs, very small signs, and very pleasant signs. And I say pleasant because I've been to a lot of these protests, and some of these signs, they talk about pussies and, um, you know, uh, bleeding from vaginas, and I'm going to tear the baby out of my vagina and, you know, stomp on its head. I mean, I've seen some pretty disgusting protests. Matter of fact, I have been at a military funeral escorting a dead soldier from an aircraft to a funeral home and saw the Westboro Baptist Church with their, um, you know, this soldier deserved to die because God hates fags, yeah, yada, yada, yada. I've seen this with my own eyes, very heinous. So when I say pleasant, I mean that these were nice compared to the things I have seen. And there's not even a big group of Christians. And this man walks up, walks up within 10 seconds, is confronted by a police sergeant. He has a sign in his hand. It's a very modest sign. You're going to see the sign here in a second. Can't remember what it is. God, let them, this is public property within respect. Oh, I'm respecting that, that's it. That's right there. But you know who's cheering for us? The people that are in hell. So you do you, and I'm going to do me. This is public property. Yo. So this cop escalated all of this. This man. Go ahead and stop it. Go ahead and stop it. This man just showed up. Now he was passing through. He's not from this town. He's not from that area. And he saw a bunch of Christians protesting and he saw some shit that he thought was wazoo, which listen, I don't know what he saw that he thought was so out of control that he was like, I'm going to get out and join these Christians. And as soon as he walks up, he's confronted by the cop who the cop is talking to him with that whole sergeant hand. You know, what I'm talking about the drill sergeant hand and he's going in on this guy and this guy's like, dude, are you fucking serious right now? Like I'm on the sidewalk. Get out of my face. Like I have a right to be here and nothing I'm doing has been wrong yet or anything. And the cop makes a smart-ass remark as he's turning and walking away. And this man is saying, only God can... He says, oh, I don't care that you don't care about me because God... And when he says God, the cop turns around and throws him into cuffs. Rewind it just a little bit and play it again. We'll get the audio up here. Oh, I'm respecting that, That's it right there. But you know who's cheering for us? The people that are in hell. So you do you, and I'm going to do me. This is public property. You. God is not that's the cop runs at him. The cop runs at him. The cop makes a smart ass remark. He yells back at the cop and the cop runs. Now one, this is another one of these like dumpy cops too. Uh it, this guy's this this guy looks like he's uh he got raped by the muffin man. Uh he looks like a pregnant cupcake. And he's running across and he th- viciously gets him into cuffs. Unless I'm a cop, I've been there. I've been there. This would not happen if it was a Black Lives Matter. This would not happen if this dude was pro-gay. It would not and it could not happen. The only reason this was allowed to happen was because the ideologies of the, of the, of the LBGTQ plus community and the ideologies of the BLM movement have garnered some kind of weird control that as long as you're with them, then you're untouchable. But if you're with anybody else... If you're a gym owner, if you're a Christian, listen, Ian Smith was a gym owner. Now, you can like Ian Smith or not. 
I, I think his past is pretty pretty crazy. I know that he killed somebody in a DWI when he was 20 years old, um, and that's very tragic. It was a 19-year-old female. Um, but aside from all of that, I think the, the him wanting to keep his gym open and save his business when he got arrested in New Jersey, it was a big deal. And at the same time, you had Wilmington, North Carolina, was not allowed to have drive-through church service, meaning that cars could not drive into the parking lot and the preacher couldn't stand outside and over a podcast like here do a live sermon from inside of their vehicles, yet we had Black Lives Matter burning down the streets and meeting in mass. We still had LGBTQ parades in mass allowed to do their things. Greenville, Mississippi, Chattanooga, King County, Michigan, all of these places were prohibited in having drive-up church services. Wake County, North Carolina, which is Raleigh, North Carolina, where I was a police officer, that was prohibited to having in-person tithing or anything like that. They couldn't have meetups. That was a big deal. Indiana, there was a lower level in the state of Indiana for church service goers than there were from goers to restaurants. You could have more people in a restaurant masked up than you were allowed to have in a church service. So what I'm talking about right now is this lull that we have between um, between COVID and the next coming global lockdown. And if you don't think there's a global lockdown, you're crazy. You're crazy. They're absolutely going to do this again. I know that Snopes and everybody says that those are like conspiracy theorists, uh, conspiracy theory uh, um people who are just paranoid but if you don't think that there's another lockdown coming i think you're crazy i think there's absolutely going to be another lockdown i think i I think there's a hundred percent chance that we see another lockdown in the next five years i a hundred percent believe it there's some they're gonna have to do something because because you're gonna have to the the control of media, the control of the consumption of media, of, of that's what makes our country so different than anybody else and any place else on the globe. And I think that our First Amendment is one of our first and our second amendments, our ability to say, hey, government, I don't think that you're doing things in our best interest, and I have the ability to question my government. Secondly, I have the ability to defend myself when my government can't because we have those two rights and those two abilities, just because we were born in this country, God's given those abilities and those rights to us. It's the only reason that we're not like Canada. We're not like Australia. We're not like Europe. We're not like all these other countries where you have this stuff going on. You have all of these lockdowns. You, you have this stuff continuing where they'll just willy nilly just push stuff through and you lose your ability to be, to, to be a human, you become a slave to your own government. You become a slave to your own country. When you have other, like there are countries that were welding people in their houses. You couldn't leave. People literally burned alive because they couldn't get out of their welded indoors. This happened in China. So we couldn't have that happen here because as soon as you show up to my front door with a blowtorch and start welding it up, I have a few reasons you won't be able to do that. And it's the second amendment. Yeah, so I I, I, I see this arrest right in other places, and I think it's just going to get worse. I see this arrest right here. I saw another one um, based on TikTok, which is another bunch of Christians. Now, this one on TikTok that everybody's read by, I saw Mike the Cop posted about it. He had a um, a speakerphone, and so I understand that there are laws, right? And you can't be on a speaker. You have to have certain permits to do certain things. Um, But when you, as a cop, you have discretion, and you know for a fact that if there was somebody out there speaking LGBTQ plus 
on a daggone speakerphone, on, on, a, on a speaker mic, as a police officer, you would not touch that with a 10-foot pole. You wouldn't touch it. I've seen this with my own eyes. I've seen it all over the country. You're not going to go mess with that. But if it's a Christian on a speakerphone, you'll do it without th second thought. You won't even do it without any discretion. And this video, the only thing I see that the cop did wrong is I think if I was the cop, I would probably just take the speaker. And if it escalated from there, then I would make an arrest. But I don't think I would put this man in handcuffs or detain him in the way that I did. I think I would think about it very carefully. I think I would have left, and I think I would have went and talked to a DA. I think I would have given it time to just go away and hope that by the time I get done talking to the DA and I'm making sure I'm doing the right thing and I make it back to the park, that this asshole's gone. And listen, I don't want people preaching to me on the streets. I am a Christian male. I really, I absolutely am a Christian male. I believe in Jesus Christ. I still don't want people preaching without a permit on a microphone anywhere. I think it. I think it's awkward. I think it disrupts what I'm trying to do with my family. There's a dude that does it at the uh, skate parks. I hate it. I don't like it. I wouldn't like it if BLM got up there. I wouldn't like it if uh, LBGBQ plus, plus got up there. I wouldn't appreciate it if a local economist got up there and started talking to him. I'm at the skate park not to be preached at, but to skateboard. And I think it's very um, unruly for people to do this. But when you, as a police officer, are confronted with these situations, now's the time to start thinking about it. Now's the time why you're allowed to have this discussion is the time to be talking about it with the other and say, where is your line? Right? You remember in school where they said that like holding hands is where it starts, like holding hands leads to sex. And like you, like if you were a woman and, and you were, you know, you wanted to wait for marriage or something like that, that you needed to have boundaries. I remember that was a big thing in the 90s was uh, giving people boundaries. What's your boundaries? How far are you willing to go? Is, is it making out? Is that as far as I'm willing to go in this relationship is making out is it as far as I'm willing to go first base, second base, third base, fourth base. Cause if you don't have those boundaries, then those things are going to escalate and you're going to go somewhere you don't want to go. Like maybe you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in middle school that you didn't necessarily want, but you were just with them because of uh, maybe um, peer pressure, right? If you didn't have those boundaries where you could say, Hey, listen, I don't really want to make out with you. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to have sex with you because of, of whatever reason you you have, that is your, that's your boundary. And if you put that out there to the person, then you have an excuse forever to not go, not to not go there. You say, that's my boundary, man. We're not going to do it. And if you didn't have those boundaries, then you would get into those awkward situations and the other person wouldn't know. And then, you know, you find yourself. And so I, I think as a police officer, as silly as that is, as silly as you're probably going, God, this guy's off the rails. What I'm trying to say here is that as a police officer, you really do need to know what your boundaries are. When are you willing to go out there and dance and flirt with, with the Constitution? When are you willing and able to go shut down? Let's say, let's just war game. Let's say I think 100% a lockdown is coming in some way or fashion. I don't know if it's going to be monetarily locked down or if we're going to be locked down because of climate control. I don't know if it's going to be another pandemic. Like we had the bio labs that just got released in China, which we didn't get to today. And I apologize, but I'll do another segment on that um, later on. But that's huge news, massive news, by the way. Um, so there is another, there, there, there could, there is a, let's just say that there's a 50% chance that I'm right on another lockdown coming. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go as a police officer? What is your boundary? Where, do, where does the line stop? Where does it stop with BLM? Where does it stop with LGBTQ+. Are you saying that like it's it's the rule's the rule? So if I see BLM have a speaker and they're not supposed to have it, I'm going to go and take that away and I am going to make an arrest. And if a Christian does it, I am going to go make an arrest. Do you have it set up in your brain to where you're going to be fair? Do you have it in your brain where you're like, I'm not going to enforce any of it? I'm just not going to touch it. I'll let society figure that one out. Cops don't have to be the answer to everything.
Just because Eric doesn't like somebody preaching at a skate park doesn't mean you should come in there and necessarily lock that dude down and take him away. But you can't let the BLM do it and not let the and not let the Christians do it. If you're going to have one rule, you're going to have to have it for everybody. And right now it seems yep. like in the past that that we as officers have been extremely strict on the Christians and the churchgoers, not just Christians, but just church churchgoers in general. Um, I don't think any mosques, I don't think anybody went to any mosque when I was uh, when I was watching the whole COVID stuff. Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. Um, but but I think it's a discussion that you need to have with your squad. I think it's a discussion you need to have with your wife, your significant other, your partner. Is when these things start to happen, how far are you willing to go? There was an ATF agent we just showed um, that was going door to door asking about guns. I saw that you bought two guns. I want to verify the serial numbers with the two guns you just bought. Going door to door. Anybody that's bought more than two guns in one day, they were doing it. And now listen, the, 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 the law says that those ATF agents can absolutely do that. They're allowed to come and ask you that. But the law also says that you can tell them that you don't want to discuss that and you can politely shut the door and just let it be. I, I mean, I always recommend to have a list of gun owners, too. I always recommend complying, um, generally speaking. Gen- and that's why I have boundaries now, right? This is what got me thinking about it, because generally I'm like, just comply with the cops. Who gives a shit? If you're not doing anything wrong. But in this case, ah, I don't trust the ATF. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't trust the police. It's very weird times that we're in. Um, I would say don't get yourself hurt. That's where I draw the line. None of this is worth it. Um, there are lawyers to figure this stuff out because you don't know who's going to shoot you and who's not. So I would just let this go. I want to play one more video to kind of prove hammer my point here. And this is if you don't think that this is coming to the United States, then you're nuts. You're nuts. You're you're wrong. And I'll tell you you're wrong. Straight to your face. I don't say a lot of things with absolutes, but I'll say if this is coming to the United States, this is absolutely coming to the United States near you. Play this video. This happened to me two years ago. Oh, God. Buy anything. I'm going to buy some strawberries, and I'm offering exactly the right amount of money here on the help desk. So you people take that money, £1.90, and I will take my strawberries outside. You can't take that. 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 I pay by legal tender. No, 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 don't break the door. Do not break the door. No, no, don't take it. I pay by legal tender. And I am going out with my strawberries. And I'm going to eat them. I love this guy. I pay by legal tender in this dystopian place. This dystopian place. Gosh, I can't think of this. Is There's no more British clip than that. This guy's probably 81 years old. Um, that if I had to guess, 81, 82 years old, uh, in his 80s, and um, and he goes in there and he goes to pay, and they say that they are cash only. They're they're they are they are not. They don't accept any cash. I went to a baseball game two weeks ago. They do not accept any cash at the baseball game. You have to use a card. Um, I uh, went to a restaurant, ordered all my food, and they brought the food to the table. I ate my food. I went to pay with cash and they said we don't take cash i said well, i don't have a card and they say we have it posted on the door that this is a no cash restaurant i said i've never even heard of such a thing i didn't read that on the door i mean don't you think the waiters so what, what do we do now i didn't have money i had my account separated and i have food money and the food money i have is in cash 
and I'm not doing that. So they were like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we don't take cash. And so you, you have to pay. And I said, well, I, I can't pay you. I don't have a card. So they went and they got the manager and they, you know, they took a bunch of time and I was in my police uniform at the time. I was, this was shit. 2000. I'm trying to think of the name of the restaurant. It was a breakfast joint. Um, and then this just happened to me again in a food truck a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, the, the one I'm talking about right this second was like, I guess like 2018 breakfast joint in Raleigh. And they said, sorry, man, we don't do this. And after arguing with the uh, the manager for a little while, they took the cash this one time. But we're going to ask that I didn't come back unless I had a debit card. Um, insanity. What do you do as a cop to this guy? I don't know. Our apartment complex tried to do the same thing. We literally signed a lease. And the next month, they sent out a notice that they were changing the way that we had to pay. And we can only pay with debit card or cash or not cash, I'm sorry, debit card or check, and it had to be done electronically through their portal. And I said, well, this is great. For the next time I have a lease, but for the next 11 months on the remainder of my lease that I just signed, I'm going to pay the way that it says on my lease. And it says in the lease that I'm able to pay with cash in person at the office. And I reminded them that this is a legal document that we both signed. So now you're offering to change the legal document that we both signed and you want to amend the contract. You want to change something. If you want to change something, then both parties have to have to agree to this. So we went back and forth, back and forth. We didn't pay months. I didn't pay my rent for three months. We put it in escrow. So we paid our rent, but our rent went to escrow and we paid it. And then afterwards, guess who paid their rent the exact same way that was allowed in my lease for the remainder of my lease agreement? this guy. Yeah. I just signed one last year and I have paid the, the same way, the new way and we've paid the new way. And I've explained to them when you change things, that's great, but you have to grandfather them and people that have already signed, let alone there's a legal document that, and beyond that it's legal tender. If I'm right. offering this to you for legal tender and you're refusing to take it, you're essentially refusing my offering to barter this. We're done. I've tried to pay for it. You don't want to take payment for it. Guess what? Lunch is on you guys. See you next week. We'll try this again. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's legal tender. You have to take it. It's cat. You have to take it. it they don't. At the baseball the game, they would not take it. At the baseball game, there was no way. They, they wouldn't, unless I wanted, if I wanted my beer, I was going to have to pay their way. And, um, and that sucks. But, you know, if you're a cop in London, this is where I'm talking about you have to have your boundaries. I think the right thing to do here as a cop is you just chalk that off as a civil matter. Uh, yep. You have to take that up in civil court. I'm not arresting this man, fucking over strawberries. If anything, if I'm if I was the cop there, if anything, I'd be like, "How much were the strawberries? Give me those coins, and use my debit card for the strawberries." That's probably what I would do because I'm a critical thinker and I try to think of the easiest way to get things done. Um, but if you put your hands on that 81 year old man, uh, shame on you. And I and, and honestly, guys, the reason I put this out here is because we're pro law enforcement and we want law enforcement to to win. And when you do things like this, these are the comments you're going to get. Uh, those are bad cops. They make it real bad for the good ones. Uh, fuck the Christian shit. I don't care. But these cops are way out of line. He has a right to be out there speaking. Cops never learn. Uh, those demons hate the word of God, doing whatever they can to stop God. So now they're calling the police demons. Those police need to be reeducated on the Constitution. That's going to be a fat ass lawsuit. Hope brother gets paid. Usually you need a permit to use the application, but it sounds like the officer in the past could have just taken the amplifier or written a citation. 
Exactly right. Because I've been there and done that. Um, cops were, well, here's another one in Zanito. Cops were supposed to give a verbal warning first. Then if it continues, give him a ticket. And then if that doesn't work, then you detain him. None of this happened in the video. It's true. It didn't. Um, but you know, you're not, you're the Christians typically are pro police. Um, stupid American police. When are they going to learn? That's another one of the comments. So, you know, and the ATF going after these, these, uh, the gun owners that are buying the two or three guns, you've got to use some kind of discretion. You can't just bite all the people that support you. You know what I mean? You can't have it both ways, guys. You know, like, do you not have anything better to do on your time than to deal with this? You've got nothing else. You couldn't stall this. Or how long do you think they're going to be out there? You know what I mean? And especially without amplifiers. I mean, we allow homeless people to go out there and shout obscenities we give them so much leeway to shout and be crazy because they're mental, because they suffer from mental health. We allow them to shout heinous things, giving them several warnings before you can ever make some kind of law enforcement decision, whether you're going to take them in for mental health. But I don't see this happening on the other side. There was no warnings. There was no, hey, come over here and let's just chat real quick. Let's have a quick discussion. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. Here's the law as it's written. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Christians are supposed to obey the law. This is the way the law is written. This isn't anti, this isn't constitution. I'm sorry that you didn't understand the constitution, but the law here says you can't be on a speaker on this part of property without having a permit. And a permit is $75. Go buy the $75 permit and you can come out here all day long and you can shout and scream. Why do you have to pay $75? Well, because people are going to call the police and the police are going to respond. Somebody's going to have to pay for that police. Also, we're going to have to make sure that this area is safe the whole day. So those cops are going to stay in this area, which means we might have to bring in an off-duty officer to fill on what you're not doing. And by the way, every time there's a protester, the city has to pay additional officers to work other parts of the city because you're taking officers from other, part, other districts to bring them in to help the bigger problem. So it does cost the city money. So I don't think $75 or whatever that rate is is ever unreasonable. It's never unreasonable. It's never like hundreds of dollars for these permits. I don't even, maybe $75 is probably even more than what it is. It's probably more like 25 bucks. The point being is that there was another way to handle this, not just going and slapping the dude in handcuffs, especially the guy that didn't have a speaker, especially the guy that didn't even have anything hateful. And that cop just solely arrested him based on his ego. But if you want, we got to have some kind of fans out there, guys. As police officers, you got to have some kind of boundaries. You need to figure out what they are uh, because now's the only time you're going to have to think about it. I, I, like I said, I think October, thinking's done. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of more unconstitutional mandates. I think you're going to see an uptick in more of these ATF style door to door things. And you need to know when the ATF gets going. Listen, on this video that we watched, the ATF, the guy says, this isn't a warrant, is it? And the guy says, no, we just want to check to see these serial numbers. And he says, no, I'm not doing that. And the guy is like, it's really simple. All you got to do is just, you can bring him out. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, if you don't have a warrant, I don't have to talk to you. And the guy's like, okay, great. All right. Well, hey, your, your funeral, man, got you on our list now. Like, you don't think you're going to be on our watches? You don't think you're going to be on our radar? Now I know who to put on my radar. Why would you say something like that, dude? His, he has that right. He's, he's using his American right. It's like it's like a cop talking shit to somebody who pleads the fifth. It's his right to not talk to you and lawyer up. You can't shame somebody for using their God, their, their given rights as an American citizen. I've got, I've got two counterpoints to the ATF. One, 
we left $80 billion in military equipment in another country. So are we looking for certain numbers for that? And secondly, we gave up the Lord of war. So if you're going to look at American citizens as being the problem, no, no, absolutely not. We're not the problem. And you start looking deep down in your, like, I, I hate to think like the, like, you know, we just think the end of times and of times, but like, I have the same feeling that you're getting that there, there's something bigger at play world war three, something bigger internal. I, I don't, I don't know what, but there, I, I have that same feeling and we're going to have to, you, you're when push comes to shove sitting in your patrol car, talking, listen to the podcast, they, like at some point. In the near future, a lot of people that are hearing our voices right now are going to be put in situations where you are going to have to make a decision. Oh yeah, be able to live with those decisions. I, I mean, I've already had I've already had one officer says, "Man, I love your show, but I can't listen to it in my cop car." Why? We used to listen to Howard Stern. People would listen to Drinking Bros. People listen to all sorts of crazy Red-ass stuff. Uh, what? Well, sure. Um, uh, uh, the view, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me that you can listen to those kinds of things in your cop car, but you can't listen, um, to a pro police podcast. It's just bringing up uh, police topics that are, you know, no relevant and everything. A tactical dude says the, uh, the pride off the sergeant, if he's fired, which I don't think he should be fired. I don't think he should be fired. Um, I think he made a mistake. I think he should be retrained. Uh, but I don't know that you fire him on, on those on that merit there. Um, just, you know, people make mistakes all the time. I don't know that was far, but he said somebody else would, would hire him. And I agree with it. That's my point. Tactical dude. That's my point. His ideology and my ideology, they don't, they don't line up. But I also, if he gets fired the way New Jersey's new rule says that he can never be rehired. And I don't think that's right. Um, I, I don't think that's right. Commit, I, I think you should think be able that, to go and get another job because these are ideologies. These are ideology differences, um, you know. And and if I don't want to go door to door and arrest somebody, I, if if I say I'm not going to arrest those Christians over there, um, or no, how about this? You know, because I would definitely arrest a Christian, um, even though I am a Christian, I would do it. But I would do it under these circumstances. If they said, "Eric, go over there and arrest them," I'd say, "I'm gonna go over there and give them a warning." They said, "No." We said, "Go over there and arrest them." I said, "No, I'll go over there and give them a warning first. And then I'm going to write him a citation. And then I'm going to attempt to confiscate that speaker. And if none of that works, then I'm going to arrest him. Because when we're working with mental health, you won't let me just go and put my handcuffs on him. They're like, no, let's try to work this solution. Let's try to do this. Let's try to do that. Let's try to do this before we can just go up and arrest him. So I'm going to do the same thing with these Christians. I'm going to do the same, the same exact thing. Now, if that department fires me because of that insubordination or whatnot, it would really suck to be in New Jersey and not be able to get rehired. But it's the same argument as this this pro LGBTQ plus cop has, right? Like if he's saying, Nope, I interpreted the law this way, I don't think it's fair. These guys paid for their permit, they get to go ahead and protest. These guys were supposed to be over there, they weren't over there, and so I went and made a quick arrest. That that sergeant might have been in the right because those protesters may have had a designated spot. My point being is that if they were BLM or they were LGBTQ, the cops would have let them stand wherever they wanted in protest. Guarantee it. The only reason they, they didn't allow these ones, though, is it really does appear it's because they are Christians and they're not afraid to enforce the law on Christians because they know that the Christians aren't going to come and burn the town down. 
you know, and we got to quit cowering these kind of things. So, you know, if, listen, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. Um, but I, I do think it's a discussion that you need to start thinking about now why you're free to do it. If your police department says you're not allowed to listen to Tim Pool podcast because it's anti-government, possibly. If they say you're not allowed to have the don't tread on me flag, it's anti-government, possibly. If they're saying you cannot have the thin blue line sticker on the back of your car. If you cannot share any post from Failure to Stop podcast because they might be anti-government of some sort, in their opinion. I would argue we're not anti-government at all. And we're not anti-police by any stretch. We full support of the police. Fully support the police. Matter of fact, to a fault sometimes. We get accused of, oh, well, you guys are just, you know, fucking holster sniffers, and you're always going to think the police are right. We always try to give the benefit of the doubt to the police. When we see bad cops, we try to call it out. But, I mean, even in Uvalde, we took the cops' backs. You know. We, at least we argued it. We argued some some points about it. So what are you going to do when the, when the police department, are you going to do what you did during the COVID thing and just say, yeah, go ahead, shoot me up, do whatever it is. I'll check all my teeth. I just want to keep my job. Do you have a backup plan for another job? Do you have a way out? Are you starting to get rid of some of the things that you maybe don't need so that if you do get fired, you can live comfortably for a couple of months? Or, or, or are you just dependent on the teeth? of the city job that you have, the county job, the state job that you have. Because I think right now, the brave are going to have to get a lot braver. There was a lot of brave people who stood up to the man during COVID. A lot of brave people lost their jobs. But there's a lot of quote-unquote brave people that bent that knee, and they regret it, rightfully so. What are you going to do the next time? Where's your boundary? Where's your line at the next time? I hope you have it so you can do better. I really do. Um, because I get a lot of messages. Oh, I regret doing this. I regret doing that. I regret doing So there's a lot of things I regretted doing as a cop. A lot of things. I probably would have gone a lot more lenient on marijuana charges had I known what I know now on some marijuana charges. Uh, that's just me. But uh, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but we got to do better the next time, right? That's what it's all about. So I, I encourage you as a police officer to take a step back, take a look at what you're doing, and ask yourself, is what I'm doing, is it constitutional? Am I being fair? Am I enforcing rules on, on some that I'm not enforcing on the others? Am I allowing my department to allow Black Lives Matter people to, to, to join up in mass groups, but I'm not allowing churches to meet up? You know, During the protest, I watched somebody throw a Molotov cocktail I didn't do anything about it because I was told to stand down. But when the police department told me to go over to that church over there and put an end to it, I write them a citation. I went and did it really quick. You know. Where, yeah, yeah. Who holds your freedom? Who holds it? Is it that department? Is it something inside of you that holds that freedom? I think as a police officer, it's a very important discussion that needs to be had. For myself and Deadleg Media, this has been Last Call of the Day. Again, we're not journalists, just giving you something else to talk about. Head over to factormeals.com. Uh, use that promo code WOLFPACK50 and get you a delicious meal so that you don't have to act, so you don't have to eat like a peasant in the squad room. Everybody else is eating their PBs and J's, eating their uh, five fingers of death, the Vienna sausages. You can sit there with a hot, cooked, fresh, never frozen meal prepared to you by a chef delivered to your door in a little refrigerated box. 
again, not frozen. And then all you have to do is throw these bad boys. You can do a three day a week meal plan, five day a week meal plan, seven day a week meal plan. You get the breakfast shakes with the food. Right now you can get 50% off by using Wolfpack 5-0. Get you 50% off. Just try these things. Just try them. Just try them. Some of the best meals my wife and I have sat down to have that we didn't have to prepare or do anything. I'm telling you, these are restaurant quality meals in a little tray. And when I mean a little tray, I mean a tray big enough that you feel good after eating it. You don't want more. You know, I mean, the only thing I would say is I'm a dessert guy. I wish they'd throw a little extra dessert in there. Just give me like a fucking chocolate. Just give me a little piece of chocolate or like a little thing of dark chocolate, something sweet. That's all I need. I always got to have something sweet and uh, they don't have that, uh, but that's easy enough. I uh, love these things. Uh, the, the whole team right now is is consuming these factor meals and just blown away about how amazing these meals really are. You eat a good uh, factor meal, you're feeling good. You got a good night's sleep on a ghost bed using our promo code Wolfpack. By the way, we've got some guys across the pond who have been trying to buy some ghost beds, and I'm working with the owner right now to try to get these ghost beds overseas. Um, using some promo codes. Uh, the promo codes don't really work for overseas, but it, we're going to try to get them some kind of other discount to make it fitting for them to get it overseas. These things are expensive to ship overseas. You know, it's a fucking bed. So, but, um, but you know, it's, that's, what's cool about the owners is that they're, they're trying to, they're trying to see what their options are so that they can help. They're not just saying like, ah, piss off. Um, you know, but uh, we love Ghostpad. And so when you get a good night's sleep and you get something good to eat, it's going to help you make some really great decisions and critically think your way through your now. I'm, I listen at the beginning, you know, don't mistake this. Do not mistake me for saying that you shouldn't arrest the Christians for breaking the rules. Do not think that that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is are you being fair in how you are carrying out the law as it's written? Or is it rules for some and not for others? Don't be that cop. Don't be that guy. Be fair across the board. Know where your lines are. Knows where your loyalties are and know where your freedoms lie. And when you look your kids in the face, when they're older, and you have to explain on which side of the fence you are on, that you have a way to justify everything you did, just remember, it's going to be a lot different when they're 30. 30 years from now, it's going to be a lot different. And you got to be able to, to say which side of the fence you're on. I know. I'm just saying there's there's a group of people in the past that still try to articulate what they were doing was the right thing, and I'm not sure that their grandkids pay attention to that or not. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to be extreme. But uh, we'll we'll dive in. We'll give you some updates on the BioLab thing. If you're sitting in your cop car and you want something else to talk about, please go and check out that BioLab's. I got to go. I've got tons of content to put out, and I got to get ready for conservative aunt Anthony Romaldi. Coming on soon, so you guys will be there tonight on Patreon. See that. Until next time, guys, guns up, kitty up.